0: All right, well, we will begin. That sounds really loud. I like it. yes, we're g- yes, Miss Rhonda. We will pray in all right, so Father, God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you um, just for this opportunity to come together, Lord, to talk about your word. Lord, we thank you for the revelations, Lord that will come from this evening. God, we thank you for um Lord, just like I said, the opportunity to be here to be able to discuss it, Lord. There's places on this earth, Lord, that aren't, they're not able to, and so we are blessed and thankful that we can meet in this awesome building, Lord, that is ours, and um, we can hear about your word, Lord. We thank you for um, helping me today with this, God, Um, and Lord, I just thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so today, hold on, let me get, I'm going to set this iPad to where it doesn't go off, because... Do it sideways. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Displaying brightness. There we go. All right, it's going to be annoying if it's constantly going off. Ooh, how do I flip it? There we go. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about the healing of the soul. So of the soul. Um, So as you guys know, as humans, we're made up of three parts. Um, God made us with a spirit, a body, and a soul. And our soul consists of three parts as well, which everyone should already know this, but for those of you who don't, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. So our minds, first I'm going to talk about the mind, so our mind it's one of the most amazing things that God created us with. It controls everything in the body effortlessly and without us even consciously thinking about it. So if you think about it, your mind is like the control center, uh, and you could think of your mind as your brain, you know, your thoughts, um, and that controls everything that you do. Control, it actually controls your body. It's very connected to your body. Um, And with that, so think about the things that happen in your body that you don't have to think about. Um, For example, breathing. You breathe and you're not thinking about it all the time. Um, This one's a little gross, but your digestive system, it's working right now um, in your body and eventually it will come to pass. Uh, (laughs) But it's working without you even knowing. And so with that being said, um, our our mind is honestly, like I said, one of the most amazing things um, that God has created us with. We also have our wills, um, and our wills are um, also important um, that God created us with. So he, cho- he gave us the free will to choose. So our will is also connected to our mind in a way because, um, you know, we have to think About what we want to do, you know, or think about, you have to will yourself to do something. And that is connected with the mind. Um, So we can choose to follow his ways or we could choose not to. But God gave you that choice. Um, You know, and with every choice, there are consequences. So, um, and that's what God gave us with that, with our wills. And then next to our emotions. So our emotions, I would say, are probably the trickiest part of our soul. Um, the part that can give us the most gratification, but also can lead us the most astray. Um, so like our emotions can give us drive and passion. Um, it allows us to um, feel things, um, and it can make it easy, easier for us to actually, um, you know, follow after and do what God um, has told us to do. It can create a passion in us, we get excited. Um, we get happy, uh, we have, when we have good attitudes, all those emotions can make it easier to follow the will of God. But on the flip side, like I said, they can also lead us very astray. Um, they're very whimsical and fleeting. Um, they are here one day, gone the next. Um, that's why when we talk about like love, that's why we say love is a choice, obviously, because Love is not, love can be an emotion. You can feel love. You can feel those things. But if you are loving out of emotion, you're doing it wrong. Because love is a choice. Um, Because it, like I said, will go one day and be gone the next. Um, And either way, you can't truly trust your emotions, one way or the other. Um, That's why we can't be led by our emotions. We are led by the Spirit. So I wanted to also start off by um, putting out the definition of healing. So healing is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again, tending to heal. So it's the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again, tending to heal. And healing it can come one of two ways. So it can either come naturally so, you can go through the processes naturally um, to have healing, or you can have them supernaturally. Um, obviously, God, I mean, God set up both ways. Um, so, it's not necessarily that healing is wrong either way. Like I said, you have the choice whether you pursue it naturally or you pursue it God's way supernaturally. But He does have a preference. He does have a preference of which way you do choose, He wants you to choose His way. Um, you know, because there's people that don't believe in God that, you know, they go through physical therapy, they go through those things, and they they make a full recovery. Um, I mean, you can think about any kind of surgery that you have. I mean, I had my tonsils taken out, um, also uh, had wisdom teeth taken out. Those are two surgeries I healed just fine from them. But, I mean, God honestly could have, I mean, it's, to me, it, it sometimes sounds crazy to think this way, but God could have took my tonsils out. You know what I mean? If that's what needed to happen. Or he could heal them to where they don't, didn't have the issues. But, of course, I was a kid, so I didn't really think about that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't really have a choice at that time. My parents forced me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, they kind of did. But, um, <laughs> but, like I said, so healing comes one of two ways. Right? Send it to my dad. Um, so they can come either by natural means or by supernatural So in the natural, when we have issues and we're sick um, within our bodies, we normally go to the doctor. Uh, Some of us stay home in bed. um, Or we self-medicate or do maybe like home remedies. You know, some of us do the old Vicks Vapor Rub in the sock and, you know, spray some Windex on it or something. (laughs) You know, it's what is it? (laughs) Oh, yeah, some garlic or, you know, we make different uh, teas and all sorts of stuff. We do all sorts of stuff. Eat chicken noodle soup. Um, In the natural, when we have issues within our soul, so that first one was within our bodies. So within our soul, um, we do, you know, our mental health, emotional health, and our will, we go to a counselor, um, to therapy. We confide in family members. Uh, We vent to our friends. We do all these things um, in the natural to help with those things that are mentally draining or emotionally draining. Um. In the natural, healing takes time. So, you know, if you were to break your leg today, you know, if you were pursuing the natural realm, you would have to wait for that bone to heal. Um, You'd have to do other things, you know, potentially have to do physical therapy, take medications. Like, you'd have to do all those things. Um, And in, in the natural, healing is dependent solely on severity of the injury. So whether physical, emotional, or mental, um, the time it takes to heal that is dependent upon the severity. So I get a scrape, that could heal very quickly, a couple days. If I break my leg, that may take years. Not years, but uh, months. So um, also, it is dependent on the time spent in consistency tending to the injury. So an example, for, uh, for example, antibiotics. Um, In the natural, you have to be consistent and you have to take them at the right times. If you took all your antibiotics at once, well, you'll probably die. Um, But if you also, if you don't finish your antibiotics or if you miss a day, um, then it's not effective. It it won't work. And so you have to be consistent um, and take them to the entirety of, you know, prescribed. Um, also, physical therapy as well as another example. You have to be consistent. If you miss your sessions, you're not going to get the muscle strength back. You're not going to do what you need to do to receive that. And so also in the natural, there are things that are terminal, right? So there's things that cannot be healed in the natural. There's no answer for it. Um, there's terminal illnesses and diseases, and there's only trial and error, right? And again, this is the natural. That's what we're speaking about. Um, and this is where doctors and scientists, um, you know, they do all these clinical trial runs um, on drugs and different procedures. That's why they call them experimental drugs, experimental procedures. They are literally pulling levers, pushing buttons in hopes of finding the answers. Now, of course, they're doing it to their best educated guess, but they don't really know. That's why it's an experiment. They are yeah, and like Nakia said, it's practicing medicine. They are practicing. They're not perf- they haven't perfected it. So, now let's get on. I'm sure you guys have been wondering when are you going to get on to the supernatural? Right now. So, in the supernatural, we stand on the word of God and believe in faith what his word says about us. No matter how the circumstance looks or how we feel about the situation, We must view it through the lens of faith. So it may look, I mean, it may look bad, but we look at it through faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Um, Faith, like I just said that, faith does not walk by sight, but it, it calls things that are not as though they are. We have to call those things out as they should be, as God has created us to call them out to be. Um, by doing this, we frame the world we live in. When we do this, our world begins to shift. You have to think about it this way. If your circumstance is, let's say, I don't know, let's say, um, I'm going to use your natural body. Let's say your leg is broken, right? If you are declaring over your circumstance that God is the healer, that he has already given you healing, your circumstance has to begin shifting. At that moment, when you're in faith, that bone is already mending itself back together. You have to think about it that way. When you're, um, when you're having money issues and you speak in faith, the money is literally, it's leaving people's hands and it's coming to you. Like money is moving as you speak. And so we have to think about it that way. The whole world begins to shift at our words. And that's good or bad. So if we're, you know, speaking, you know, doom and gloom, the world is going to create that for you. Because God created you in his image as a speaking spirit. And so, um, like I said, the circumstances are forced to change by every word that comes from our mouth. You will have what you say. Um, Let's go to... Proverbs 18.21, if we can, Proverbs 18.21. Let me get there. So it says in that scripture, Proverbs 18.21, the tongue can speak words that bring life or death. So be sure what you're speaking is life and not death. Because like what I just said, your world is framed by that. So if you're speaking death, that's what you can expect. If you're speaking life, that's what you should expect, is what you can't expect. And so <clears throat> we're also going to go to Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. And this says if you believe, well, I'm going to go up a little bit. We're going to go to 21. So Jesus answered, the truth is, if you have faith and no doubts, you will be able to do the same thing I did to this tree, and you will be able to do more. You will be able to say to this mountain, go mountain, fall into the sea. And if you have faith, it will happen. If you believe, you will get anything that you ask for in prayer. And so, um, one thing I was thinking about whenever this, I read that scripture is, so God said, you'll get anything that you ask for in prayer. So, and your faith works. So how do I say this? So if you're having faith in the doctors, if you're having faith and you're asking God to help you with, you know, the doctors, God can still work that way. He's going to give you what you ask for. So if you're You know, if you're praying for the doctors, you know, that's something that God can still honor for you. Um, Because everyone's at a different place in faith. You know, um, nothing, you know, we have to start somewhere, you know. Um, If you're starting with the scrape, you know, you can't expect if you haven't, it's like we've talked about. It's like working out. Um, If you're not constantly putting that effort in and that work to actually build your muscles, you can't expect to go out and lift you know five hundred pounds um you have to start with the little five pound dumbbell and you gotta work it you gotta work it and you gotta you gotta get that muscle then you go up to ten pounds, then you go up to twenty and you just progressively get go from faith to faith and glory to glory and as you progress, then your faith is able to you know it's able to tell that that ginormous mountain to move, and the mountain will move, but you may have to start with that rock in front of you so um. Let me see. So in the supernatural, time and consistency tending to the wound are an, are not a necessary step in receiving your healing. So at least not in the same way that it is in the natural. So in the supernatural, the time and consistency is not spent worrying about your wound. It's not meant to, you're not worrying about the offense you have. You're not worrying about the thoughts that are coming in your head, you're not worried about um, those types of things. But that time and consistency is spent in the word of God and calling those things that aren't as though they were. We must renew our minds on a consistent daily basis and speak the the words of life and not death over our lives. So in the supernatural, there is nothing too big or too small that God cannot make completely new. Uh, There's nothing impossible for God. In Genesis 18, 14, it says, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. Um, And then in Matthew 19, 26, it says, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So, with God, if you put it in God's hands, he can do exceedingly abundantly above everything that you ask and think. If you want to do it, well, you're limited. He's he has he's limitless. He's he's unlimited. Um, He he can do it all. We have limits. Um, And so God created us to be supernatural beings. Uh, We are in in this world, but we're not of it. So we have to keep that perspective. Uh, We have to make sure that we're not getting so entrenched in the world's way of doing things and begin to live higher, live supernaturally. Um, he created us to tap into our heavenly resources and bring them down to the earth. One of the greatest heavenly resources that God has given us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. Uh, and I'm going to focus on that. Um, so the definition of counselor, it's a person trained to give guidance on personal, social, and psychological problems. So a counselor is a person trained to give guidance on a personal, social, and psychological problem. Some synonyms for counselor are advisor, consultant, guide, mentor, Confidant, instructor, coach, teacher, tutor, guru, expert, specialist, shepherd, and helper. Does anybody need me to repeat any of those? So I said advisor. Oh, a synonym. So words that are different but mean the same thing. I know, right? <laughs> yes, that'll be all. I'm playing. Um, so with that being said, um, I'm going to go into a testimony. Um, so in this last year, I would say this la well, I'll say more so 2021 say that, because 2022 has been a lot better. 2021 was probably the hardest year of my life, let's be real. Um, So when Jasmine had left for deployment, one of the things that really was difficult for me was I struggled a lot with fear. Um, I began to fear in ways that I had never feared before in my life. Um, I didn't even know I didn't even know I was capable of fearing in these ways, like it was it was crazy. Um, I allowed fear to creep into i mean a ton of areas of my life. I mean, it was like a virus and just was spreading all over um, you know from my marriage to parenting to my job to friendships to every every area it was it was making its way through um, There was a lot of the time that I felt though as though my world was it was just on my shoulders, and the pressure was just going to crush me down. Um, during that time period, I felt depressed. I felt anxious. Um, I felt like something bad was just bound to happen, um, like I was set to fail. Like um, I just felt like I was literally like the enemy just pressed me down, just had me down like right under his thumb. Um, I didn't know. It, it was... It was interesting because the enemy had slowly creeped in there to the point where by the time I realized, it was kind of like, um, if I think about it, it's kind of like Troy. It's like by the time they realized that the soldiers were in the city, it was too late. They didn't have, they didn't have no, um, I mean, there's nothing they could have done at that point. No amount of training. I mean, they were, they were just outnumbered. And um that's how I felt I had let some I had let it slip in, and when it- by the time I realized it, it was too late <clears throat> and so at least in the natural, I'll say that um you know, the enemy had gone so deep into my soul, into my mind, my will and my emotions, that I was scrambled i mean i was it was rough um I didn't know what thought or feeling that I could trust um, I remember. I remember when she left, I was in such a turmoil for like, gosh, it was like three weeks, I think at least, to two, maybe three, might have been two or three weeks. I was in such a turmoil that I wasn't eating. Like, I was barely eating. I was eating just enough to, like, not, you know, die or anything. Um, I didn't feel like eating. My stomach felt constantly like it was turning and churning. And I can remember, like, I literally cried out to God at that time and I said, Lord, I said, if you don't do something at this moment, if you don't bring some kind of relief, I said, I'm going to get a stomach ulcer because I said, this is painful. Like, um, I mean, it it was bad. And something that God kind of pointed out to me in that time was, as I said it earlier, you know, your mind is really connected to your body. I didn't realize that that, during that time, you know, because God was like, with the ulcer thing, like, literally, the, the turmoil in my mind was causing a physical bodily response. And if we, if we remember, the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy us. So <clears throat> if he can get your mind, he now has got, he's got two, two areas of your life because your mind leads to your body. And your body I mean, your body, if you get sick in your body and you're sick in your mind, he's got two out of three. And that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. dangerous. A situation for you to be in. Um, and so that's why we have to, of course, wear the armor of God um, and be stay vigilant. But with that being said, um, so during that time, I asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, Lord, I need you to help me because I'm gonna, I'm gonna get an ulcer. I'm like I'm gonna get ulcer, an Lord, and I wasn't trying to speak it out, but that was just the truth. I was like, God, it reminded me of like, uh, is it in the, <laughs> is it in the Psalms where like, sometimes the stuff that they be speaking, it's like the Old Testament. They be speaking stuff out, kind of crazy. And you're like, man, you have what you say, guys. <laughs> like, but they they still had faith, obviously in God. But um, but anyway, I was in so much emotional and mental turmoil. It felt like there was no ending, and I can remember the day. That, and I don't think, Talisha, I don't know if she knows this or not, but she posted a picture. Um, it had like a bunch of scriptures on it. And it was like, if you feel this way, go to this scripture. If you feel this way. And I skimmed it and I saw it and I saw them for anxiety. And I went to it and I read it. And it was this. It was Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And it said, always be filled with joy in the Lord. I will say it again. Be filled with joy. Let everyone see that you are kind, gentle and kind. The Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks for what you have. And because you belong to Jesus Christ, God's peace will stand guard over your thoughts and feelings. And that is the part that stood out, out to me the most. So it said, Because I belong to Christ, God's peace will stand guard over me, my, over my thoughts and feelings. So the feelings I'm feeling, the feeling of anxiety, the feeling of depression, the thoughts. I mean, some of the thoughts that were going through my head at that time was like, um, I can remember, this is the best way I can describe it. It literally felt like when she left, I'm sure everyone has had a death in the family at some time or another. It literally felt like she had died, like she was not coming back. That's the fear that God, or that not God, that's the fear that the enemy had placed into my mind was it was like she wasn't coming back, and that's scary because I know that's not the reality, but it was like. It was it was really scary, like, and this is shortly after, you know, um, I don't know if I haven't said this out loud on the on the recording, but uh, <laughs> don't want my wife to get mad, but pretty much this was this was right after, I um, you know adopted Josiah, and so I now have full guardianship with her jointly, um, you know, and then she's gone, and then it makes me think, well, what if something happens to her? I'm not ready to be a father, you know, I'm not ready to do this by myself, you know, and and that fear and those thoughts just kept compounding and compounding, Um, and so when this says God's peace will stand guard over your thoughts and feelings, it also says his peace can do this far better than our human minds, It says, brothers and sisters, continue to think about what is good and worthy of praise. Think about what is true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and respected. And do what you've learned and received from me, what I told you to do, or what I told you and what you saw me do. And God who gives peace will be with you. And so after that, I began to feel a little bit of, of relief from, you know, what I was going through at that time. Um, and as time went on, you know, I began to get anxious again. I kind of, it was one of those things where I think I took the, the medicine, the word of God, and was like, oh, relief. And then I backed off. You know, I backed off. I was like, I got the victory. Amen. I'm not feeling like I have a stomach ulcer now. Thank the Lord. And I was comfortable with just being okay, with not feeling in that, not being in that painful situation anymore. Um, and I just kept saying to myself, as I began to get more anxious, I kept saying to myself, "Well, we're just gonna make it till Jasmine gets back. When she gets back, it'll all be better. When she gets back, it'll be better, you know." And when she got back, it wasn't better. Um, it was not better uh, at all. Um, when she got back, it actually got kind of got worse because what happened was not only was that fear still attacking me and infiltrating me, but also it started to affect our marriage, which caused more stress. It caused more turmoil, which caused more anxiety, you know, because now I'm wondering, oh my gosh, you know, is she going to, you know, because then it got to the point where, Andrew, your, your thoughts are getting natural. You're getting, you, you sound crazy. Like some of the thoughts you're going through sound crazy. She may not stay with you. I mean, you know, th- those are the thoughts that are going through my head. Like my marriage isn't gonna make it. That's those are the thoughts that and the devil's putting in me. Your marriage ain't gonna make it. You, you know, she she don't love you because you're not good enough. You you're crazy. You know, all those things are going through my mind. Um, you know, she would rather be. She'd rather go back. She'd rather be away from you. You know, um, Josiah prefers her over you. You know, she, he really wants to be with her. And, like, all these thoughts are just compounding, compounding, compounding. And I'm, you know, I'm over here trying to still come to church, still go to work, take care of Josiah by myself, which, you know, I have, I've never been, personally, I've never been responsible for another life by myself before this last year. It's one thing if you have other people, like, you know, used to live with Nick and Lewis. sometimes they would go out and I'd be, like, with Gabe for, like, I don't know, a couple hours. easy. But then when, you, when you're the one that has to feed, give them, you know, give a, get them dressed in the morning, take them to soccer, take them to school, take them to daycare, all these things, it's like that's a lot on top of those, all those thoughts that are just hitting you, hitting you, hitting you. And so, um, so what I did at that time was I went the walk of the natural. I went down the natural healing path uh, for a minute. And at the time... You know, anxiety just had began to take such a um, stronghold over me that I just, I mean, I, at that time, I didn't think that I had the faith. I didn't think I had what it took to get out of it. Um, and so, you know, I went the, the route of the, of the natural. And so I remember one night we were at Jasmine's dad's house. And at, around that time, to give some backstory, around that time, my blood pressure from anxiety was through the roof. I mean, I've never had, I know I'm big, but I've never had issues with my blood pressure. Not one time, ever. Um, but when this anxiety came up, that's when I started having problems with my, with my blood pressure. It was super high. Um, and I think when I went to, um, when we went to her dad's house, um, we were taught I don't know, we were just having casual conversation, and I brought up that my blood pressure was higher. Maybe Jasmine did. Somebody did. I'm not sure how I got brought up, but... He ended up pulling out a blood pressure cuff. <laughs> Elvis had one right on hand, and so uh, you know, and he's more of a more of a natural thinker, and so he's like, well, let me get you know, let me get you get you hooked up. Let's take you know, take your blood pressure. And my numbers were, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was like either 165 or 175 over 110 or 115, which some will say is high, some some will say not that high. That's high your normal range is supposed to be 120 over 80. So for those numbers to be up there like that, um, I think according to Google, um, that would be, what is it, pre... Not what is it, pre... I can't remember the... the, Pre-hypertensive. Or it is hypertensive? Oh, it is hypertensive. Um, It's high. And so at that time, Jasmine's dad, he forced me to go to the ER... Um, well, he didn't really force me, but he forced Jasmine. I wasn't going to argue with him. I was going to go. And so we went to the ER. We sat there for three hours, um, because, of course, blood pressure is not the most pressing concern at the ER, of course, with all these other people. So literally three hours till everyone's out. then I, they finally see me. And at that time, they gave me, um, I'll call them chill pills. So they gave me some anxiety medication to kind of mellow me out, um, And so, once that happened, I ended up going to, you know, because when you go to the ER and you start getting medication, um, you begin to, if you're not careful, you begin to start doing the natural. And you're like, okay, well, now I need to go to the doctor. I need to check this out. Because what if this is, you know, what, you know, in in my mind, the enemy's planning those thoughts. Well, Andrew, you are kind of bigger. You know, what, what, what if this is catching up with you? You know, all these things. And so, we get to, I go, get, go to the doctor, and the doctor puts me on some more, you know, chill pills. But also, then they bring up anti- antidepressants. And the doctor was like, really think you should take this. I really think you should do this. If you're feeling this way and this way. Um, and they have like this, um, anytime you, if anyone's ever gone in for stuff like that, which I'm sure, I feel like most people probably have, they do this whole test where you have to choose the numbers like, they'll say, is your anxiety affecting you um, in this way? And they'll literally give you one through five, and it'll be like, you can't complete any daily task. You can barely get by. My numbers were so, like, it was where I couldn't even function during the day. Like, I was in so much turmoil. My work was suffering. I mean, it was bad. Um, man, it was really bad. And so I went to the doctor. Gave me, they prescribed me antidepressants. They gave me medications. Um, and I began to take those. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, as a Christian for over, gosh, I think I got saved. What was it, when I was 12 around there? I don't know. Something like that. That's when you first brought me to church. It was, a, it was <laughs> I remember getting saved. I think when I was like 15 or 16 in, uh, Queen city. But before that, even then I was in church, um, with Miss Rhonda and Denny um and but anyway, I had felt ashamed. I'm like, I've been a Christian for this long. Under Winter's Church. It's not like I've been at, you know, life church or somewhere like that where they're not really necessarily diving into these deep, you know, spiritual revelations. I've been at Winter's Church for over ten years and I'm on an antidepressant. And I felt ashamed. I was like, man, this sucks really bad. Um, you know, which then made me feel worse. Then then the enemy starts talking to me, Andrew, you're supposed to be a Christian what a what a great Christian you are. You can't even believe for, you know what I mean? And it's like all these things, these thoughts just keep coming, keep coming. And again, to kind of put it in perspective, what are we talking about? The healing of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, all those things were damaged. They were hurt. The enemy had gone in and, and scrambled it. And so um, I remember though, in the midst of that chaos, that confusion, that all those feelings, those, um, just all of that Turmoil. I remember that still small voice, and I'd say still small voice because everything else was so loud. I mean, it was it was difficult um, to hear. But I remember God saying um, Proverbs three seven through eight. I mean, He didn't say exactly Proverbs three seven through eight, but He said, "Don't be don't. Do you want to be wise in your eyes, or do you be wise in my eyes? Do you want to use my wisdom and my ways, or do you want to?" Um, do you, do you want to use the natural? Because um, I really battled about antidepressants. You know, I went to, I think I went to Nakia, asked her some questions about them, at, you know, because she's in the medical field. I asked my mom. I was like, what are, like, what are these? I don't want to, like, I'm afraid to take them. I don't want to be on these for my whole life. But I feel like I can't function without them. Um, and at that time, I was only supposed to be taking the antidepressant. But I was taking antidepressants and two, like, I was taking several times a day the chill pill and the antidepressant, like, every day just to function, just to feel okay, um, which was difficult, you know? And I don't think anyone else knew. I mean, I don't know that anyone else really truly knew um, how difficult that was, but that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to... That's why I thought it was very um, interesting early on when I talked about... One of the words being shepherd, one of the synonyms for counselor. Because think about that. How does the wolf get the sheep? How does any animal that's a predator, how do they normally get their prey? They isolate them. If you look at the safari, that a lion is never going to attack a whole herd of, you know, wildebeests. <laughs> <laughs> but that one goes off on the side. And that lion will will pounce. And usually it's not just one lion, it's several. And so, you know, that was a perfect opportunity. I was super busy with Josiah, didn't really have time to um, hang out with others, didn't have time to do all this other stuff. And that's what happened. The enemy came in and tried to get me. Um, But with that being said, I'll read Proverbs 3, 7 through 8. It says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Peter 2 24 through 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were like straying sheep, but now return to the shepherd and overseer of your souls, your mind, your will, and emotions. Isn't that interesting? He's the overseers of our mind, will, and emotions, and he's the shepherd of us. Um, let's go John 14, 26 through 27. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, from the Father will send in my name, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, Now, as the world gives, do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled. Never let them be afraid. Then Psalms 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you are with me. You are, or your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That scripture is really good because that also talks about, obviously, that's two places in scripture where God talks about your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And in this, in this scripture as well, he's referred to when it says that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's a shepherd. That's what that is. So, you know, God's leading and guiding us. Um, so, you know, I have felt alone, forsaken, depressed, tired. Um, I can honestly remember uh, telling people, telling some, I forget who it was. I think I told a couple people. I can understand, like, from what I went through, I can understand why people choose, not saying it's right, but I can understand why people choose to commit suicide and how the enemy really gets in there because you feel so much turmoil. You feel so much um, anxiety. Depre- you feel that all those feelings, they're so overwhelming that the only way that those people feel like it will stop is by doing that. It's not because they don't want to be here. Like, it's not like they don't want, they're not trying to, you know, escape you guys or, you know what I mean? It's like they want to escape the feeling. They're just, it's tiring. And so, um, you know, God really helped me with that because, you know, he was speaking to me and he's like, you know, that's, that's an insight that I think a lot of people don't have into, like, suicide, and how the enemy gets in there. And that's a place where in this generation, like, I mean, I know in the military, a lot of military suicides. I mean, a lot of them. Um, in teenagers, starting in kids now even, a lot of suicides. And that's somewhere where if we can get that revelation as to what the enemy's plan is and the devices he uses, we can help put a stop to it. You know, we can, we can, Essentially, I'm saying say, we could save them. You know what I mean? We can save these people, these kids um, and teenagers from, you know, from having to be in that turmoil and feel like that's their only option. We have to give them the good news that, no, there is another option. His name is Jesus. And so, um, you know, it was around that time that I, because I never, personally, I never had thoughts where it was like, you just need to kill yourself. I never had those thoughts um but i feel like i was this close like i think i thank god for all the word that has been planted in me and all of the teachings that have been uh brought before me at winter's church and even just even before that because if i didn't have that that could be where i'm at that could have been where i where i ended up dead you know because those thoughts are so those thoughts can be so powerful um And I'm sure you guys have had maybe not thoughts like that, but um, maybe you have. But God has a better way. And so what I learned during that time was that, um, you know, like I said, the enemy is trying to destroy me. Like, he is adamant about destroying us. And you can't, especially that time period where I, you know, read that scripture, felt a little better, and then stopped. We can't stop. Like, we have to stay committed because your spiritual health, your emotional, your uh, mental, your, all that, it, and even in your body, in every area is reliant upon the word of God and speaking that into existence. Because the world, because you're in this world, if you don't supplement it with the word of God, it'll start to get you. It'll start wearing you down. But if you have that armor of God on, ain't nothing's going to, I mean, it'll just tink right off you. The enemy's arrows, that the weapons are going to be formed, but they're not going to prosper. They're not going to do what they're designed to do. That bullet may be fired, but you know what? It's going to, it's going to boop right off like Superman. Well, actually, Superman can just catch it um, with his teeth. <laughs> no. but, uh, but yeah, and so with that being said, you know, you have to think God is always on time. Um, he's omnipresent. Um, he's there in your time of need. Um, he's, he's always with us. Uh, he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. Um, so at that time when God started to speak those things to me, those scriptures to me, when he started to speak that word, that still small voice started to come in and drive the darkness out. At that time is when I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust in you. This is hard, but I'm going to do it. And you're not supposed to just stop taking antidepressants. Like, the doctor recommended, like, well, you're going to need to be on them at least until August of next year, and then, you know, at that point, then we're going to have to wean your, your stuff down until you're barely taking any, and then, then we'll see where you're at. And she was like, uh, and I said, well, what if I just want to stop? And she's like, well, you're going to relapse then. You're going to go right back into the, your anxiety. You're going to go right back into all that, and you're going to be right back here again. And I was like, okay, you know, like, Type of, and I wasn't trying to believe what she was saying. And so at that time, I stopped taking them. Um, I stopped taking the chill pills, stopped taking the antidepressant, and I started to say, Lord, I'm trusting you in this area. I'm not going to allow fear. I'm not going to allow the enemy to come into this area and condemn my life. I'm not going to allow him to do that. Um, and a revelation that. Um, I received during that time also was the fact of what condemnation is. Condemnation is, if you think about it, think about a building that's set to be condemned. It's set for destruction. The enemy wants to condemn you. The enemy wants to write on you. You're set for destruction. He wants to make sure that nobody's coming in to fix you up, make sure that you are um, on the schedule for demolition, and that that is, you know, carried forth. But God said, there's, there is now, there for, I can't even say it. That's, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> but it's a good scripture. Um, and that's why he said that, because you're not set for destruction. You're not set for, the enemy may tell you that you can't make it, but you can make it. You will make it if you have faith in God, if you trust God. Um, you know, when we lean on the natural ways, we may make it. We don't know. It's not a guarantee. You know, um, because here's the thing: you may start taking antidepressants, you may start taking these other pills, you may start going to alcohol, you may start going to you know, marijuana, you may start going to all these things to try to supplement the pain that you're feeling in your soul, the um you know, that turmoil that you have to try to calm it down, but there's no guarantee that those things are going to um, to solve your issue. The only guarantee that you have is faith in God. It's the only one you have, um, it's the only surefire way. Yes, Miss Rhonda. There's a guarantee die that way because when you start taking Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and one thing that most of us don't realize is, so we think, I mean, I know I've thought about it. Like when you hear the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, like sometimes you may think, well, oh man, God's going to use a person or he's going to use a, you know, a car wreck or plane crash or he's going to use you know, something or other, a sickness. He's going to use these things. You know what? The biggest tool the enemy uses is you. Because like we've said before, the enemy can't kill you. He can't. He can't destroy you. He can't steal from you. The only way that he can steal, kill, and destroy you is if you allow it. And that's the thing that God reminded me of is that, well, Andrew, you're the one that let the the guard down. You're the one that wasn't prepared for this moment. You were reactive instead of proactive. And that's where um, we have to be more proactive in what we do. You know, we can't—it's like Pastor says— we can't be in the middle of the test and be like, Lord, I need to study. Yeah. That's not going to work. You're, you're going to get scrambled quickly. And so maintaining that, um, you know, the renewing of our mind through the word, through prayer, those are things that, through worship, those are things that will keep you, um, you know, keep you proactive instead of reactive. Um, and a scripture I, put, I had on here was Psalm 139.8. Um, it says, if I ascend up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are also there. So God's not going to leave you. Um, Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, oh, and I want to just talk about that. So one of the one of the easiest ways, like I said, the tools that the enemy uses is yourself, and he uses that to isolate you. Um, like we talked about earlier, if you isolate yourself off, you're you might be toast. Cause there's, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and so, with that being said, let me go. So one thing I learned during that time too is we have to press into, when times get tough and we're in that turmoil, we have to press into God, but also we have to press into the leaders that God has put in our lives. Um, That's our pastors, our elders, leaders of the church. Um, You have to allow, you have to press into them. You're not going to want to. You're going to want to isolate. You have to press into those that you know are going to stand with you in faith. And let them speak through your life and speak into your life. Uh, it's crucial to gaining healing in your soul. Because you may not be in the place of like, you know, where you're taking antidepressants, but you may have something more minor, but it's that little foothold that turns into a stronghold if you let it. And so um, in Proverbs 11:14 14 says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So not only do we have the counselor, but God has placed counselors among us in the body, and we have to use those resources. Um, you know, I mean, even now, I'll say this, you know, I, I go see a counselor, and it's actually kind of cool because it's a, uh, it's a pastor that's actually a counselor. We get it free through the military, but um, It's awesome. He speaks the word of God into me, which is awesome. And I, I got to request that, and it's free. So I was like, thank you, Jesus, using the military <laughs> to, to help me out. Um, but when I got with counsel um, of the Holy Ghost and with the leaders of the church, these are some of the things that I was advised to do. So a plan. This was the plan. So A, or number one, I should say, A or number one. Meditate on scripture pertaining to the struggles that you're having. So if you're having troubles in your mind, you need to get over there in um, Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 9. You need to think about the things that you're thinking of. You need to get in Romans where it talks about, you know, casting down those imaginations. You need to get in those, in those places where it talks about that and meditate, not just read, Meditate. <clears throat> and meditating is a lot different <clears throat> than just reading. Um also another another step <clears throat> excuse me is praying in tongues over your struggle. So cuz that was my biggest thing is whenever whenever the struggle would come what I would be doing at first is I'd just be praying in English and I'll tell you this when your mind is so scrambled when your mind is is thinking all these thoughts. You do not want to pray in English. I'm just telling you that you don't because you're not going to pray the right things. Um, you'll, you may get a couple things, right, but you're not going to pray things that are going to get you out of your struggle. Um, but as you pray in tongues, the Holy spirit intercedes for you. He's your advocate and he's, he's speaking through you and the per he's speaking the perfect will of God. Um, the next one, and this is more for like when you have an offense, like more of a, um, like maybe a social, like a social or mental problem with maybe somebody or something that happened to you, or even a, an emotional pain where somebody maybe did something to you that they shouldn't have. And this is walking in love in everything that you do. Ephesians, and that's Ephesians 5 too. I'm going to give some scriptures too. Um, and then the last one, is wait on the Lord. And so with meditating on scripture pertaining to the struggles you're having, I have Romans 12, 1 through 2. And that's, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And here's the part I'm getting to. By the renewal of your mind, and we renew our minds by doing what? Meditating and reading scripture. Um, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and perfect and acceptable. Um, for praying in tongues of your struggles, Romans eight twenty six through 28, it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as, for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches, the heart, searches heart, hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, for walking in love, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering sacrificing to God. And then um, for what wait on the Lord, we have Isaiah 40, 31, which is, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We also have Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so one thing I will speak on waiting on the Lord, because I think that most of us, probably most of us in here already have this revelation, probably. But if you don't, you're welcome for this. Um, But a lot of us, you know, I know that some people think that waiting on the Lord is like, okay, I'm just going to sit here, just waiting on him, just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs, you know, he's going to do it, you know, one of these days, I'm just waiting, but that's really not, I mean, you could take it that way if you want, but I don't really believe that's how God intended it to be, God intended it to be like, think of your waiter at waiting tables, think about it that way, what are you doing when you wait tables, you're serving so when you so if we replace that word with serve, when you serve the Lord. So, but those who serve the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So that strength is renewed as you serve God, as you focus on him, you mind the things of the spirit. He will take care of the things in the natural. He'll take care of the things in your body, your mind, your will, your emotions. He'll take care of you. Um, you know, you have to think about it. There's a scripture, I believe it's in Matthew, I think. Um, it talks about him taking care of, you know, um, he takes care of clothes, the lilies and the flowers and feeds the birds. And is it Matthew? Yeah, Matthew 7, for those of you on the recording. Um, (laughs) so, uh, with that being said, if he does those things, what more is he going to do for you? You're his prized creation. He's not made anything like you. And so, you know, we have to really think in those terms that God is for us. He's not against us. He is protecting you. He's your protector. He's your shield. Um, he's, he's not going to leave you nor forsake you. He's there for you. Um and so as I began to to do those things I began to receive more freedom and then I would do it some more and I get more freedom um you know I would do it more and more and more and the the freedom would just start rolling in um again it was the time and the consistency that I spent in the word in prayer in meditating on the word and uh speaking in tongues and really honestly, not focusing on my issues. And that's hard to do. You know, when the circumstances, uh, you know, try to come in and they try to speak to you, the enemy tries to get all these thoughts in your head. You have to, you have to literally stand up and say, enemy, shut up. Get out my head. You, you, don't, you don't have any place here. Um, and this was actually interesting. This is kind of a side note. But I was actually, um, it was right after Pastor, I think Pastor did a message about speaking in tongues, and he talked about how we needed to, you know, begin to do that as a body. I remember the next morning, I woke up, and I was um, driving to work, and I was like, okay, I'm going to pray all the way to work in tongues. It's like 20 minutes or something. And in the midst of that, I remember the thought coming through my head, and it wasn't my thought, because this thought was kind of disrespectful. I wouldn't have thought that way. Um, but the enemy put a thought in my head and was like, as I'm praying in tongues, you know that's not doing anything for you. You know that you're just speaking gibberish. You know, you're, that, there's no power in that. What are you even saying? And at that moment, when that thought came through, I literally was like, shut up, devil. In the car, I remember saying it out loud. And at that moment, those thoughts whoop left quick. But you have to rise up in authority. Um, You know, that's one thing I think I've learned most about this battle that I had faced in my life is that, A, it's already been won. So what happened to me during that time period, and this is where it's difficult because nobody wants to think that it was your fault. It was my fault. I wasn't prepared for what the enemy, like... The enemy was drawing a game plan, and I'm sitting here, like, it really brings me back to Troy. It's like I'm sitting here, like, you know, behind my walls. I'm like, hi, y'all can't get in. Ooh, look, the enemy's leaving. He leaving. And then they roll up, and then I'm like, ooh, look, the blessing. It's the blessing. You know, the big Trojan horse is a blessing. Bring it in. And the next thing you know, your city is sacked. It has soldiers all in it. You are running amok. It's on. Everything's on fire. Like, It's crazy. But so while I was being, you know, because some of us, I'm just going to be real. I think some of us, we go through our Christian walk and we think, I've got this. I've been, I've been a Christian for 10 years, you know, or whatever, 20 years. I've got this. But if even, I mean, I'm mean i just going to be real, if even if, if Pastor Ziggy decided to stop reading his word, if he decided to stop praying, if he decided to stop, I mean, if he decided just to stop following God, he could end up in the same place because you have to continually renew your mind. It can happen to anybody. Whether you've been saved for 50 years, you could be in that position. And so that's why it's important that we are proactive in what we're um, doing. And we have to remember, the battle's already been won. Jesus already won it. And we have to, we have to rise up in that authority you can't sit down and expect for your circumstance to get better. You have to do something about it. God didn't say, that, it didn't say in, uh, back in that scripture that you was going to sit down and then the mountain was going to get up and move into the sea. You had to do something. There have, there's something on your part. Faith without works is what? It's dead. So there's works that have to be done. And it's not by your works, but you have, God does his part after you do your part. You got to do your part, and that's what I think I learned through that is that I have to do my part, and I have to continually do it, Um, because I, first of all, I never want to be in that situation again, ever, (laughs) because that situation's rough, Um, you know, especially when you're supposed to be a leader, you know, you're up there, supposed to be leading people in worship, you're supposed to be, you know doing all this stuff. Um, you're supposed to be transitioning into kids ministry. All these things, it's it's difficult, you know, battling through those things. But if we stay ahead of it, if we stay vigilant, if we stay um, not necessarily that we're looking around every corner, looking for the enemy, we don't need to pay attention to that. Because it's not about what the enemy's doing. He's already been defeated. But it's about making sure that we are in the word, that we are I'll say it this way. We need to make sure that we set our alarm every night. You know, if you don't set your alarm every night and somebody breaks in, you won't even know it. And next thing you know, somebody's in your house. They could bring several people in. You have to set your alarm. You gotta make sure, I mean, I know I do it every night and Jasmine does it. We go through, we don't have an alarm yet, but we will at our new house. Um, But we go through, make sure doors are locked. You know, make sure window, yeah, we have an alarm. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I won't tell you where I live. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, but, <laughs> right, it's on Google. Um, but with that being said, we have to make sure we're checking the things that we need to check. Um, because if we don't, we can easily let the enemy in. And once the enemy's in, if you're not, if you're already not, you know, getting your defenses, putting on your armor, doing all that. I mean, because if you don't have the armor of God on... When those arrows start flying, what you going to do? It's going to get you, <laughs> and you don't want that. And so, with that being said, let me see. I believe I'm finished, Miss Rhonda. Amen. Amen. Does anybody need prayer for anything? Because I will agree with you in prayer. Mm-hmm. So I wanna stand in the gap for her. I just I mean, how might mm-hmm. we keep it anywhere? Mm-hmm. But she really needs a revelation that God really wants to operate. You know, Yeah. not Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm and So, I'm Yeah. Absolutely. What What's her name? Myrtle. Myrtle. Okay. Amen. Does anybody else have anybody or yourselves? All right. We'll pray for Myrtle. Yes. Oh, and somebody else has been on my heart too. Has been Miss Dina. I feel like she battles with some of those things. Miss Dina. Yeah. So we're gonna pray. Let me shut this. Uh, one, yeah. pray for this uh, Mr. Rick. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. What? And his name's Rick. We got Myrtle. And we got Dina. All right, well, Father God, we thank you, and we come to you right now, Lord, for Miss Myrtle. Lord, we cast down the imaginations, Lord, that would like to exalt themselves higher than the name of Jesus in her mind. Lord, we cast them down. We take them under subjection to your word, and we tell them to shut up in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the revelation, knowledge that you are giving Myrtle Lord, when it comes to healing in her soul, Lord, in her mind, God, that she wouldn't have to take antidepressants, Lord, to to feel better. Lord, she wouldn't have to uh, take those chill pills and things that the doctor prescribes, Lord. She could walk in total peace and wholeness and health in her mind right now, God, Lord, we thank you that you haven't given her a spirit of fear, but you've given her a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. God, that when she would, um, Lord, when she would have thoughts, Lord, that those thoughts would be good. They would be pure. They'd be of pra- worthy of praise. God, that they would be things that, Lord, are of you, Lord. Let her have the mind of Christ. God, that she would continually be thinking of good things, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are um, working right now in her circumstances, Lord, Lord, in in her um, heart and, Lord, in her mind to change her mouth, Lord, to change the way she speaks. Lord, we thank you that you are uh, filling her mouth with your words, with faith-filled words. Lord, words that um, that are bringing life and not death. And, Lord, we thank you. God, we pray the same thing for Miss Dina, Lord. Lord, that any devil, Lord, that would try to come against her, God, any thoughts, any, Lord, I'll even say this, Lord, any legions, God, that are coming against Miss Dina, we tell it to go from her in the name of Jesus. It cannot stand, Lord, the same way you cast that legion into the swine, Lord, and they went off and fell off the cliff. Lord, we call that legion out, Lord, and away from her in the name of Jesus, that those tormenting thoughts would stop, Lord, that you would give her rest, Lord, and peace in the name of Jesus. We declare it over her right now. Lord, peace be to Dina. Peace be to her right now. Your peace, God. Lord, I also pray, God, for Mr. Rick. God, that you would, um, God, you would be with him tomorrow as he goes in for his procedure, Lord. Lord that God we pray right now in the supernatural Lord we pray that when the doctors Lord when they get in there Lord that they'll they won't even have to do anything God because it'll already be done God that it'll be a miracle God we are believing in faith right now for miracles God miracles on miracles Lord and we thank you that the first one God will be Mr. Rick God, that they will go in there, like I said, and they will not have to end up operating on him, God, that they will, it'll already be done. They'll be astound, astounded, God. Lord, we pray peace on him, God, that you would, uh, Lord, you would put a uh, spirit of peace in him, Lord, and around him, that your Holy Spirit would comfort him. God, that <clears throat> you would you would eliminate any thoughts of fear that may be within him. And, God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the words, Lord, tonight, God, that you spoke into us, God. And, Lord, I pray that you would continually give us revelation, God, on how to receive the healing in our soul, God, our mind, our will, our emotions, God. Help us, God, to... Lord, our spirit's already saved, God, but help us to save our souls. Help us to renew our souls in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you for your revelation. God, I pray that you would send everyone out, God, with revelation, God, that you would uh, take everyone home safely, Lord, and that we would come back here on Wednesday, Lord, to to hear your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right.